Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw Countout, the only countout pro wrestling show on this particular YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson, available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and that little notify bell there on the YouTube so that you know whenever there's new going in raw content, which at this point is daily, sometimes two times a day. Yes. Yeah, every once in a while. We're also at uh, the Patreon. Yeah, man. We just updated our Patreon tiers right now. For $5, you get to experience three weekly live streams. You get your name shouted out when you sign up. and uh, Best get, value is what it is. You get a bonus episode, $10. You get to vote on Kayfabe Corner theme and the pay-per-view review show, what pay-per-view we're going to review. Very disappointed. Very disappointed. We're doing Bash at the Beach 94 this week. And uh, I really wanted it to be WCW Clash of the Champions 14 Dixie Dynamite. Well, we'll just keep that one up. That's always going to be, at some point, that's going to be all three. Yeah, at some point. So, people, I'm just going to put all three. I'm just look. I really want to do this. It's all three options. I don't care what you guys vote on. But, whoa, I'm I'm not making a good case for that $10 tier right now, am I? No, you're backing me up. $5 tier is best value. Oh, no. We're also at Pro Wrestling Tees, ProWrestlingTees.com, going in raw. Ten designs, I swear. The 11th design is going to go up at some point. I got to take your picture today. I yeah. I do it yesterday. But I need it for two things. I need it for that, and I need it also for the comic book. I literally just want to redraw your face on the cover, and then it'll be completely done. Because I have a thing where all the $50 and $20 patrons who have kicked in thus far, and therefore getting a Frondo care package with the comic book, all their names are going in back two pages. Super easy pages to do. Yeah. Ah. Anyways. That's a good idea. I know, right? Anyways, we're not here to talk about all that rigmarole. We're here to talk about the 10 wrestlers who are better off without TNA. Yeah, there's been a lot of wrestlers who've gone through TNA impact during the course of their careers. Some have gone on to WWE. Some some have gone on to Ring of Honor, other organizations. The joke here, of course, is that, you know, there isn't a wrestler alive who isn't better off without TNA that isn't named Jeff Jarrett. But, But that's not what we're talking about. No. So, like, you know, people like Bobby Roode, 
they were, you know, they did really well in TNA. They, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Made yeah. A great name for themselves. So, so we're gonna we're gonna list off ten wrestlers who are better off without TNA. But there's some uh, uh, wrestlers we're not gonna include. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, wrestlers who were on excursion from New Japan. For example, mm-hmm. uh, Okada, Tanahashi, uh, Naito were mm-hmm. all in TNA for a while, all on excursion from New Japan. But that was all. You know, they were there for a year or so, and they were going to go back to New Japan. Yeah, Okada's use was downright offensive. Yeah, They made bad. him a, a clone of Kato from uh, the Green Hornet. It was really bad. I mean, that's that's awful. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they actually, once they saw that, they were like, you're out of there, come on, let's go home. And then they stopped, they stopped working with TNA. That's my understanding as well. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, but we didn't put them in there because that's sort of a different situation. Yeah, and we also didn't include anybody who'd really won a title in TNA. Right. With one exception. One exception. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Um, so, in, so, in other words, no AJ Styles, no uh, Bobby Roode, like no I said, Samoa Joe. no Samoa Joe, Austin Aries. They all did really, really well in TNA, and that actually allowed them to probably command a higher price tag and come in with their own names to WWE. Exactly. So. so, without further ado, Steve. Number 10. 10. Johnny Gargano. A lot of these I didn't even know were in TNA. Yeah, I know. This could easily just be just as easily be called uh, 10 wrestlers you didn't know had wrestled for TNA. And then there's people in the comments, so I knew that. So, it'd be yeah. 10 wrestlers Steve didn't know were in TNA. There you go. That's the new title. So, uh, Johnny Gargano um, wrestled two dark matches um, for TNA yeah. in 2009, early in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, one against Jay Lethal, mm. the other against Eric Young. Two quality opponents. Yes. Um, and he did an interview with Slam Sports back in July of 2010. Mm-hmm. and had this to say about his experience in TNA. He said, everyone there was awesome. I got a lot of positive feedback. Everyone was amazing. You never know. I'd love to work there at some point in the future. That didn't happen. Wow. Um, he was on the Indies for a few more years before finally signing with WWE, I think, in 2015? Yeah, sounds right. Something like that. And, of course, you know, eventually formed DIY with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Um, was arguably the most over-tag team in all of WWE. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, claiming the NXT tag team titles for a, a brief time mm-hmm. from the revival, winning mm-hmm. them at TakeOver Toronto last year over Survivor Series weekend before eventually dropping them a couple months later to the Authors of Pain. And now he's part of the, the, the one of the most uh, uh, fiendish heel turns. Broke everybody's heart when Thomas O. Ciampa uh, threw Johnny Gargano into that wall. And then launched him off of the well. First, it was, it was into the wall, a knee, yeah, um, and then off the announced table. It was a bunch of other tables. It really was. So, but the fact that they built their story over the course of more than a year, mm-hmm. you know, kind of uh, Act One culminating at that point, mm-hmm. or Act Two, I guess. We we consider the end of Act One or the end of Act Two. This would be the end of Act Two. That's what I thought too. I mean, because if you take a look, I mean, if you look at you know. That's when the, the your protagonist is in a precarious situation. Yes. Right, and they have yes. to resolve it. So now we're awaiting Act 3 mm-hmm. when uh, Tommaso Ciampa um, recuperates, recovers from uh, a rumored knee injury. Right. Apparently he has an ACL tear. He's going to be out for a little while. Were you able to find any of the matches that he was in? No, they were dark matches. They're, oh, they're just... Oh, they're right. So apart from one later on that somehow made his way online, all the dark matches, as far as I'm aware... Um, uh, are not available. I mean, in this respect, TNA is good. You know, for there's a couple of names on this list where you know you, you, you're you're out and about. You're you're 
starting off your young career, you get some TV time, some national exposure in some cases. In this case, it was a dark match, so not in TV, but still, you're there in a, you know a TV production environment. Yes, with professional production people in the back, but also as a, as an up and coming wrestler, mm-hmm. as I'm sure Johnny was at this point in his career in 2009. To the network. Um, that, but also, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell if this, these matches were necessarily tryouts, mm, all right, but an opportunity to uh, wrestle for a more regular paycheck. Right. In any event, he did not land in TNA, so TNA, <clears throat> bad move, TNA, yep. by not grabbing on to Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. and keeping, hey, keeping your hands on him. Yes. Anyways, number nine. Nine. The Briscoes, man. They're the, kind of my Bray Wyatt impression is kind of the Briscoes, too. Um so the Briscoe brothers, they started wrestling when they were like 16 or 17, like super young. Um, in fact, I saw this this little quote here when I was doing some research into the Briscoes, who had a match in TNA, or had a very small handful of matches in TNA in 2002 when they were a mere 18 years old. Now, these are online. They're both wearing wrestling singlets, and they are babies. They are goo-goo-ga-ga babies. They are so baby. But uh, especially uh, Mark, no, Jay, especially Jay, has the Briscoe look. Like, he is yeah. intense as yeah. he ever was. Yeah. He's a very intense young man. Yes. Um, the matches that I saw, the I only saw two of them, and I think there might have been one more um, that I couldn't find. Uh, there was one against the team of the Hot Shots, who was Cassidy O'Reilly and Chase Stevens, who have actually gone on to have some success. Yeah. And Divine Storm, who was a couple of guys who have not gone on to have much of any success. Um, in fact, when I looked their names up on that pro wrestling database thing, there's a couple of their alternate names really came off like kayfabe corners. Like bad kayfabe corners. Yeah. Like I would look at you and be like, you made that up. That's horrible. It's fake. Real. <laughs> you would proceed to say real. Yes. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, they, you know, again... They'd only been wrestling for a year or two. Yes. Um, I do like this, though, because one of the places they were wrestling prior to this, and perhaps before they were actually legally allowed to, was CZW. One of these matches here, I, I found some info, December 15th, Cage of Death 3. Um, and it says, at this event, um, both men wore masks and were identified as the Midnight Outlaws. This was likely to get around the fact that Jay was only 17 and Mark only 16 at the time. This meant as they were under 18 years of age, they cannot legally work in a sport wrestling exhibition in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, so their time in TNA was very short-lived. It was probably sometime it was between when they were in CZW as babies and when they started uh, their full-time first, in Ring of Honor. Yeah, in Ring of Honor. Um, in Ring of Honor, of course, they are the most decorated tag team in that company's, company's history. Mm-hmm. Eight-time tag champion. Mm-hmm. They are the current six-man tag champions with uh, Bully Ray. Bubba, yeah. Um, and they've won tag team championships all over the world. They've mm-hmm. won uh, the never open weight six man tag team titles in New Japan twice. Right. IWGP tag team championships once. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, really, the, the, the matches are online. You can check them out. They're hilarious to watch. They are. They are kind of sloppy. Yeah. Um, like the intensity is there, but the mechanics, the fundamentals, really kind of aren't there. There's in in the match against Divine Storm. The finish there saw the Briscoes lose, 
with this weird like driver that God, I would never oh, recommend yeah. anybody ever do. Yeah, because man, if you don't really tuck and do a core, you're dead. Yeah, that could be like, bad. You're dead. You're wasn't the Divine Storm match? Uh, one of the guys looked like Bret Hart. Yeah, one of the dudes looked exactly like Bret Hart. And even had Bret's mannerisms, yeah, right? He did the thing where he did this. He said, yeah. What's everybody's problem? Um, yeah, that was weird. So Briscoes fought Bret Hart and some other guy in TNA. In TNA, who'd have thought? Dream match. Number eight. Eight. Joey Ryan. So Joey Ryan is, of course, one of the founders of Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yep. Um, was a, a staple. You know, can I just say this? What? So I was in L.A. until 2008. You were there until 2009. Correct. I am so, like, doing research on this especially. Oh, I'm so upset that we never went to a PWG show. Chris Hero was on this list for a second, but his match was like, like we couldn't find it anywhere. He didn't talk about it anywhere. Yeah, we really couldn't find it. a shoot interview. But I did find a shoot interview from, oh, it wasn't really a shoot interview. It was an interview that he gave right after a 2004 PWG match. And he was talking about PWG and its parallels with Ring of Honor. And it was a baby Chris Hero. It was a baby. Probably only been working a couple of years. And, uh, and... It was just, it just reminded me because he was talking about some of the other guys that were there, and I was like, man, I remember when PWG started hearing about it, and then just never going to it because I kind of fell off the wrestling yeah, thing me too. for a bit. Man, it bums me out. Basically. I know we could have witnessed some some history, but hey, you know what? We, we saw an XPW show. Anyways, continue on about Joey Ryan. So yeah, he was one of the founders of Pro Wrestling Guerrilla in Los Angeles. One mm-hmm. of the, you know, one of the, the he'd been wrestling around the LA area for a while. He and some uh, fellow wrestlers started PWG because they just weren't happy with the, the jobs they were getting in the area. Yeah, and so he really made a name for himself on the independent scene through PWG. And uh, parlayed that into a, uh, a stint in TNA, making his debut on May 24th, 2012, in a gut check match. I'm not entirely sure what gut check is. Well, a gut check is one. No, you know. I know what it is, but in terms of what it is in TNA, my impression is there's a Test. match. How there's, tough are you? Yeah, there's a match. There are judges, and the judges determine whether you get a contract based on the results of this match. TNA did way too many things that involved judges. Yeah, I know. Um, so he had a match against Austin Aries, a gut check match against Austin Aries. He lost, um, and the gut check judges didn't offer him a contract, but apparently Hogan and Bischoff, they were fans of Joey Ryan. Ah, that's great. Nonetheless, that didn't lead to a TNA contract, at least on TV. Um, uh, he started feuding with uh, Al Snow, who was one of the judges, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he finally earned at least in terms of storyline, a TNA contract on October 14th, 2012, after he defeated Al Snow at Bound for Glory. Love so it Al took Snow. him five months yeah. of TV time to get a contract finally. Well, you know what? I've been there before, man. <laughs> Our, oh. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Um, after that, he uh, challenged Rob Van Dam for the X Division title. Didn't win it. Um, he and Matt Morgan formed a tag team, um, challenged for the TNA tag team titles against Chavo Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. and Hernandez, mm-hmm. didn't win them, um, before eventually being released from his TNA deal on July 3rd, 2013. And of course, he uh, became an internet sensation mm-hmm. when he started suplexing people with his penis. Yes, correct. And he got that U-Porn uh, endorsement, and uh, things are coming up rosy for... Uh, <laughs> We had a very brief encounter. Yeah, we he wrestled at the WCPW show uh, over WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, 
put on a great show. Defended his uh, DDT Pro Heavy Metal Weight title. He lost a, Jack the Jobber briefly off him, and then he, he just laid down for Joey Ryan. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we unfortunately had to leave the WCPW show early to get to the Internet Darlings panel we were on. Correct. Um, that day, as we were leaving, we ran into Joey Ryan, who was outside waiting for an Uber, I think, mm-hmm. for or a Lyft. Yeah. Um, and we said, "Hey, Joey." Good match. Mm-hmm. And he said thanks. And we asked how many matches he was wrestling for the weekend. I think he said nine. He said nine. Those guys are working their butts off. They really are. The weekend, man, man, they really are. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Joey Ryan's got – he got a lot of mainstream press coverage when he started doing the uh, – the, the what do you call it? The uh, – it, it wasn't the penis plex? Is that what it was? That sounds right. We started doing the penis plex spots. He does the booby plex, too. Where he like grabs the boobies and goes back. Yeah, yeah. So that's been his gimmick now. Well, that's great. Last yeah. couple of years, and it's, it's. I mean, we have him on the wall over there. According to him on Twitter, where, where is he? He's covered by Ryback's glove right there. Oh fuck that! Get out of here, you fucking idiot. Anyways, um, according to Joey Ryan on Twitter, anyways, he was able to buy a house in L.A. with his uh, dick Twitter money. With his dick, with his dick wrestling money, good. So that's rad. Good for him. Good for Joey Ryan. I know we love Joey Ryan. And we went to the PWG show uh, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. We saw him. He was there. Yeah, that's right. I know it's always it, it is it is really fun because I remember like seeing him and Scott Lost. I saw them. I've seen them. I saw them wrestle in a couple shows before they started PWG, and I was always kind. Of, somehow I knew that they were starting PWG, and so I was always fascinated. I was like, oh, that's cool. They're sort of doing going into business for themselves. It's really cool. Um, but you know, again, I just fell out of the wrestling thing and, yeah. and didn't make it to the, I was like, yeah, yeah I don't want to see anybody else get set on fire, but little that I know PWG is nothing like XPW. Yeah. Number seven. Seven. Roderick Strong. So Roderick Strong is, is most well known for his time of, in Ring of Honor. I think he was there for years? the better part of 13 years. Okay. Yeah. But he was briefly in TNA. Mm. Um, uh, he had his first match in TNA, uh, September 11th, 2005. In a showcase match against Austin Aries. Ooh, nice. Apparently, anytime anybody new came into TNA, they wrestled Austin Aries. I'm pretty sure Austin Aries was in Ring of Honor this time, too. Yeah. Or it was around the time he was in Ring of Honor. Um, a couple weeks, 11 days later, on September 22nd, 2005, he signed a contract with TNA and then wrestled AJ Styles on Impact uh, October 1st, 2005, so mm-hmm. about a week later. Yeah. Um, didn't really do much. Um, in 2006, he formed a stable with Austin Aries and Alex Shelley. Um, around that time, he was suspended for two months because he apparently showed up late to a pay-per-view. Oh. Um, and then eventually returned uh, April of 2006, and then shortly after that was released. And so during this time, was he, because if he was with Ring of Honor for 13 years, what's the math on that? Was he with Ring of Honor, then went to TNA, then went back to Ring of Honor? I think so. Okay, all right. Wow, wowie wow. Because this is all after the Ring of Honor and TNA ended their, their talent sharing oh, yeah, arrangement. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and then on 9-11, 2010, he defeated Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth Rollins, to win the Ring of Honor title. Five years to the day after he made his TNA debut. Mm-hmm. I love this. Won the PWG world title at Black Cole Sun. Black. <laughs> that's that's, that's Adam Cole. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I know. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, the, the his uh, title win over <laughs> Tyler Black. Head like a coal. Yeah. <laughs> his uh, title win over Tyler Black is his only Ring of Honor uh, World Heavyweight title victory. Okay. Um, but he since uh, joined WWE as part of the NXT roster. Yeah. And they're really in the midst of a serious push for Roderick Strong. Yeah. Um, looks like he might be... Bobby Roode's next opponent. Might be Bobby Roode's next opponent. For the NXT World title. And, uh, and yeah, it'll be interesting. We, we both sort of... We both really are pulling for Roderick Strong. Yes. Um, he's great in the ring. He's great in the ring. I wonder where they think he is. I wonder where the, what, what they think his ceiling could be. Um, I hope it's high. Yes. But, you know, breaking through with so much talent... Is not going to be easy. Yes, um, but you know we've both said on a, an episode previous that I think of of our NXT recap that if he if they really if if they try to replicate kind of the importance he had to Ring of Honor and they try to replicate that yeah. with NXT, make him Mister NXT. That would be a great way to go. I have him be there for a longer period of time than maybe a lot of other people are yeah. there for. And uh, eventually win the NXT title, and then that's a great way to sort of launch him into the main Yeah, roster. well, especially if, if the plan is... And the, then cut to next week, and he's, he's going to bring him up. Um, if Triple H, if his plan for NXT involves um, making that a third brand, somewhat on par with Raw and SmackDown, mm-hmm. making Roderick Strong Mr. NXT mm-hmm, yeah. would go a long way in, in, in helping that, I think. Yeah, yeah. But he's great in the ring. A lot, a lot of great talent there. Lot, yeah. And WWE has their eye on a lot of people. Yep. All right, number six. Six. Marty Skrull, the villain. So this is obviously in his pre-villain days. This was hilarious because, so, okay. Um, on I've mentioned this before. On Pluto TV, this free app that you can get for, like, a bunch of different places, uh, streaming stuff, um, they have a pro wrestling channel. Yes. And I, I guess TNA just has, like, a deal with them because it's all TNA. It's not actually pro wrestling. It's TNA. And uh, so they air British Boot Camp a lot. Yes. And I turned it on one time, and I saw Rockstar Spud, and I was like, oh, look, it's Rockstar Spud. But I really didn't pay much more attention because, you know, it's just Rockstar Spud. What do I care? Yeah. So I would change the channel after that. But evidently, Marty Skrull was a contestant on this British boot camp. Him and, Mar- and, him and Rockstar Spud had quite the rivalry going. And, uh, but then there, you were looking this up, and there was like a bunch of other people. That was the second season, there was a lot of... The uh, second season, yeah. A lot of, like, a lot Nikki Cross was there as Nikki Storm. Yeah, Mark Haskin. Oh, sorry, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, Was involved, yeah. and... I'll have to look it up again. Yeah, but anyways, it was, like, it was pretty stacked. Um, so, yeah, he was a contestant on the first season of British Boot Camp. Um, and then uh, he got... was he So, he was actually injured during the suicide dive match? Yeah. Oh, he was. And would that lead him to, to get out of there? Uh, I couldn't tell. I think, okay. I think it was just he was a contestant on the show. And, okay. and uh, it's my understanding that Rockstar Spud was the only contestant that was signed to a contract. Oh, okay. But, um, out of that show, the British Boot And, I mean, show. like I said, good for him. Rockstar Spud has really found a home there in TNA. Yeah. Um, so but he still wrestles, uh, it seems like, for... Uh, Progress. Yeah, UK promotions. Mm-hmm, yeah. He was at the, uh, the Progress show mm-hmm. we went to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he almost got killed there. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that Suicide Dive... Uh, Happened during a match with a tag match where he teamed against the Blossom Twins mm-hmm. against Jesse Goddard's, um, Tara and Gail Kim. So he does a suicide dive and like just jumps over right. Jesse pretty much. And uh, when you watch it real time, full speed, it looks like he just lands on his head. Oh my god! I know. On the mat. Yeah. Um, the uh, slow mo angle 
the video I saw made it look like he actually the back his back took the brunt of the impact oh, on the actual yeah. guardrail. Yeah. And then he landed kind of on his head and neck area. That's rough. So it wasn't like he landed directly on his head. But yeah. within the last couple of years, Marty Squirrels really um, come to prominence in the independent wrestling scene um, based on his villain character. Mm-hmm. And, of course, within the past couple of weeks, he joined Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's uh, still the Ring of Honor TV champion, right? No. I thought someone beat him for it. Did they? Maybe. I don't remember. I thought I read spoilers for it. I don't know. Oh. He was at least Ring of Honor TV champion. Yeah. New member of Bullet Club. He took part in the uh, Best of the Super Juniors tournament mm-hmm. in New Japan recently. Yeah, that's right. He's really, like, he is, re- like, you're going to hear a lot. <laughs> I like that that's his profile picture on Wikipedia. You're going to hear a lot about Marty Skrull coming up over the next 18 months. I will yes. guarantee you by the time, like, I don't know, 2019 rolls around, he's going to be in NXT. Like, I can, I can totally send out. Potentially, yeah. He's, he's only 28. Wow. He's only 28. So, yeah, he's going to be there. His character is so well-defined and so entertaining. Yeah. Especially if you watch him perform live. Because, mm-hmm. like, we talked about this before where uh, I'd seen some of his stuff that he did in PWG on DVD. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I mean, this is... I see what he's doing. It's interesting, but I don't see what the huge deal is about. And then we go to that show and watch it, watch him live, and and you instantly get it. Right. Yeah. The way yeah. he interacts with the audience, the charisma that he projects to, to the live crowd is awesome. Mm-hmm. And he had a great match against Leo Rush at uh, the anniversary show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as you mentioned, we're going to see and hear a lot more from Marty Scroll in the next couple of years. Yeah. He's going to do some major things. I think so. I think it's it's always a blast when you see somebody so fully realize the gimmick that they're doing, and the gimmick is a really really strong one. Yeah. And it's not it's not a gimmick. It's them sort of channeling a persona of yeah. their own. And then he is the perfect perfect example of this. And I'm really excited to see if he can bring some sort of rejuvenation to Bullet Club. Yeah. And then if Kenny does go on to win the world or the IWGP World Title there, to see how that might help Bullet yes. Club and it should be really interesting the next couple months. It's really interesting uh, doing research for this and uh, 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 entry coming up. We'll touch on it a lot more about how wrestlers who will they'll wrestle around the world hone their craft, and then mm-hmm. at a certain point they find a character that just works. Mm-hmm, yeah, and something clicks and it starts to connect to the, to, to audiences, and they start to build a, a fan base and a brand, and they just and then they blow up. Mm-hmm, yeah. They're huge. Yeah, um, it's really fascinating to see wrestlers who, especially on the independent scene or, or wrestling kind of regionally, watching that and hearing about that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty neat, especially after you know we'll talk about it in a later entry. You know, uh, someone going to say TNA, mm-hmm. or this happened with WWE before, where people have gone to these major promotions based on their in-ring talent. Yeah, but either came in without established characters, or the company didn't really do anything creative with them, mm-hmm. and so they leave. And then they they build their brand, become a, a huge name, mm-hmm. go back to either go back to these promotions or just thrive on the independent scene. Yeah, it's, it's pretty well, neat. He's been, Marty's been wrestling since 2005. Yeah, so you know, 12 years in, he's only 28. He uh, there's a lot of things he can do, and it's not like the style he works is all that like conducive to a short career. Yeah, like, I think he's going to be around a little while. Yeah, I think so fantastic. too. Fantastic. Number five. Five. Dean Ambrose. Yeah, uh, ah. Dean wrestled a tryout match for TNA as John Moxley, which I believe was his name in CZW. On the indie circuit. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this took place in 2008. It was a dark match, untelevised, against Dr. Porter. But it is, it is, 
on YouTube. You can yes. check it out. Yes. Um, he wins this match with a DDT, not very, a dirty deed. But it was a very familiar-looking DDT. Like, you can tell. He's just wrapping another arm around that dude's other arm, and then yeah. he'll yeah. have the dirty deeds. Yep. Um, so, yeah, evidently, I mean, the title thing was tryout match. Uh, he went over against, like you said, Dr. Porter. But uh, obviously TNA didn't sign him. And honestly, there's not a whole, there wasn't a whole lot of difference between John Moxley then and Dean no. Ambrose now. No. So, you know, again, going back to a lot of this, TNA had a guy there, lost him. Former WWE champion, you know, we're we're kind of lukewarm on Dean Ambrose. But there's no, there's no denying a lot of people love Dean Ambrose yes. a lot, and he's had a great deal of success. And he's had a massive WWE, amount of success. Former world champion, former Intercontinental champion, former U.S. champion. Yeah, um, got over huge as a member of the Shield. Mm-hmm. Got over more as a solo act. Yeah, um, probably could use a heel turn in the near future to mm-hmm. really kind of bring some new life to, to his character. Yeah. But it's probably not forthcoming because he is really popular with the crowd. Now, during this time, so 2008, I'm just looking at his little resume here. During this time, 2008, because that's when, that's when the match was, right? Yeah. He was wrestling for something called Insanity Pro Wrestling. Oh, is um, this before CZW? This was, yeah, CZW was a year after that. Interesting. So that's kind of interesting. I didn't know it was so late. Um, before that, he was in Heartland Wrestling Association from 2004 2010. And I know he did have like a like a dark match or like a match on something in WWE. Oh, that's when he had the pink hair. The pink hair, yeah. And they even uh, they even acknowledged that like once mm-hmm. in like I don't know on their website or some crap like that. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, interesting. He ended up three years later in uh, FCW. Florida Championship Wrestling, the precursor to NXT. Two years later, he was in WWE. Yep. Number four. Four. Seth Rollins. Another former member of the Shield. Also Mm -hmm. had one match in TNA, but this one was televised. It was an episode of Impact. Yep. And you can find it on YouTube, right? Yeah. Or somewhere on the internet. Yeah, it was it uh, preceded Dean Ambrose's stint by two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seth Rollins then wrestling as Tyler Black wrestled with somebody named Jeff Luxon. I don't know who Jeff Luxon is. Nor do I. Um, but he was taking on LAX, the team of Hernandez and Homicide, in what was literally a minute and a half squash match. This is uh, right before, uh, or uh, within a year before Wrestling Society X. Well, this was uh, Wrestling Society X, if I remember correctly, um, taped the next month. Okay. They taped the pilot before this. But then they taped the entire first season uh, November of 2006. Oh, wow. So this is right before that. Oh, no kidding. Wow. And in 2007, uh, Seth would join Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Start his career there. Yeah. So this is right when... when right started, as he, his yeah. career really started to take off. Yeah. Um, so it was another opportunity for TNA to sign a young wrestler. And he's still young. Yeah. He's still, oh, he's 31. Okay. So still pretty young. Yeah. Um, sign a young wrestler with a lot of talent. And take advantage of it. This is in the time, 2007, I think, or 2006, when they were starting to bring the old timers in, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He debuted in 2005 for Scott County Wrestling. That's, I mean, that's really interesting because a year later, mm-hmm. he was already on TNA mm-hmm. and then a little bit after that. So Seth Rollins came up quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. Well, my understanding from that WB24, if my recollection is correct, is that he was. You know, he did the backyard wrestling with his friends. Mm, yeah. So even before he, uh, you know, was wrestling for promotions, 
it was sort of a like a Roderick Strong situation where, you know, from an early age, he and his friends were wrestling mm-hmm. um, and then decided to make a career out of it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, Seth Rollins had a pretty good career in WWE. Again, um, he was in TNA. Even just for one day, but still, they didn't sign him. Yep. WWE did. Yep. He's now the top face on Raw. Yeah. Former world champion. <laughs> yeah. Uh Two-time world champion, uh, former tag team champion, mm-hmm. um, first NXT champion, mm-hmm. former Ring of Honor champion. Mm-hmm. He's won belts basically everywhere he's been. Yep. Could have been in TNA. Could have been in TNA. But they he was. had him and they lost it. Number three. Three. The Young Bucks, also known as Generation Me back in 2009, 2010 in TNA. They made their debut actually in January of 2010. A month after that, they were officially renamed Max and Jeremy. This is Matt and Nick. Nick Jackson. Yes. Were officially named Max and Jeremy. I can't think of a more intimidating tag team name. Generation Me is a great name. Yeah, it is a good name. Yeah. Um, they feuded. I said, um, wait, that's good? No, Max and Jeremy. Uh, they feuded with the uh, Motor City Machine Guns, mm-hmm. who were Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley, mm-hmm, right. for pretty much the entirety of 2010. Um, uh, challenging for the tag team championships a new, uh, number of times, mm-hmm. never winning them. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, um, they signed a two-year extension at the end of 2010. Um, and then 2011, they competed Primarily in the X Division, even a spell where they feuded against each other. Yeah. Which is weird. I remember reading an article earlier this year, late last year, where they talked about, you know, when they started wrestling and they formed a tag team, that that's one thing they'd never want to do, oh, wrestle yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they just always wanted to be a tag team. Yeah. So, so of course, they tell TNA, now you're going to wrestle against each other. Yeah, I know. I don't think Jeff Jarrett was there. Well, maybe he was. 2010, I don't maybe, know. I don't remember. Um, and their last match in TNA, um, at least during this run, was on July 10th, 2011, and then the following day, um, they requested their release. Um, they told Slam Sports about why they left, um, and they had this to say, we asked for a release because we were not being used enough to budget money for our families. This is from Nick Jam- Jackson. Uh, we simply weren't making enough money. We asked for help, and they r- didn't really want to do anything for us, for us, so it obviously wasn't going to work out. And also an interview with Rolling Stone, um, the Young Bucks claimed that kind of near the end of their TNA run is what they called wrestling rock bottom. Um, I believe it was Matt said, uh, quote, I was ready to quit. We had been in one of the biggest companies and they didn't know what to do with us. It was really disheartening. In the same interview, they go on to talk about how they use their time in TNA as a catalyst to kind of reinvent themselves yeah. and become what we now know as the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're one of the hottest acts in the world. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best tag teams in the world. TNA had them for a year. I know. And they didn't... They, they didn't do anything with they them. They didn't do anything when they couldn't keep them. They, they literally... They had nothing for us. We couldn't afford to stay there. Yep. And now they probably make more uh, money off per wrestling tees than yeah, a lot of people on the TNA roster. <laughs> yeah, and they actually get their money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the Young Bucks just tweeted something like... Uh, Made enough money to buy a big old house for themselves. That's good. That is good. That's awesome. Um, and we got the pleasure of seeing them mm-hmm. at the PWG show. Yeah. They're fantastic. They're amazing. They're as great as they are on video. They're yeah. They're even more so live. Yeah. They're like one of the best live acts in wrestling right now. 
and definitely one of the best tag teams. And TNA had them for a year. They could have had them for three years. Yeah. They did return in for, uh, like a couple one-off appearances a couple years after that, and they were supposed to feud with the Hardys. Yeah, that's right. If yeah. the Hardys had stayed in TNA, yeah. they were supposed to continue the feud, do a crossover between Ring of Honor and TNA yeah. for a little bit. But then hearing Ed Nordholm, his take on it, I don't know what they're doing over there still. To this day, they don't know what they're doing. No. Like, if you have the chance of getting the Young Bucks on TNA program, like, that's what we've said before about TNA. You start bringing in, because I was when I was looking up the Chris Hero stuff, there was all sorts of rumors that he might be going to Impact back before he signed with NXT. It was like 2015. So if you bring in like Chris Hero, if you're able to somehow get like the young boy, like you could, you could get five names or six names, like PWG Ring of Honor guys, mm-hmm. that could completely transform the perception people have of your product. You can no longer be, you, you don't have to be a laughingstock. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's a shame. Well, you think of, of the people who not only were former world champions at TNA, but uh, X-Division champions, mm-hmm. TJ Perkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Lethal. Yeah. Um, wrestlers who had a lot of success in TNA. Yeah. But they didn't capitalize on their success or their popularity to push them up to the main event. You play, you uh, watched a video earlier where, where Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. was putting over TJ Perkins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, near as I can tell, they didn't do anything with it. Right. Because TJ Perkins didn't stick around. Right. Um, well, they could never get their business in order. Yeah. You know, it's like, why would you want to stick around a place if you're not getting, you can get pushed to the end of the earth, but if you're not getting paid, then what the hell are you doing? There? Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. It's just a mess. I got to start watching it, though. You got Steiner there. Yeah, once Steiner... Shut. Have you watched his debut yet? No. Oh, I no. I saw, like... Oh, I saw a video of, like... I didn't see the episode, though. Oh. Number two! Two. Xavier Woods! He's the only person on his list to actually win a title in TNA. Yeah. But there's kind of a caveat there. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Xavier Woods did wrestle in the independent scene for a couple years before signing with TNA. In 2007, um, he was brought in to uh, to team with Ron Killings, yeah. our truth, um, for Bound for Glory in 2007. Um, Xavier Woods was going by the name Consequences Creed. That's a great name. It is. Um, but shortly after he signed, um, Ron Killings left. And so if they had plans for them as a tag team... Um, that didn't happen. Right. So it wasn't until February of the following year, 2008, that uh, Xavier Woods um, would wrestle again in a, in a dark match before the Against All Odds pay-per-view. Um, for the most part, his early uh, tenure in TNA, um, he wrestled in the X Division um, before eventually joining the front line, uh, a faction the comprised show. comprised of uh, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Jay Lethal, and, and others. A couple others. And they feuded against the main event mafia. Who was like all the big names. Yeah. Who was the main event mafia? It was Angle, Steiner. Was Sting in it? Booker T, I think Sting, Nash, probably Jarrett. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, names. So uh, he formed Lethal Consequences with Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. And they did win the TNA Tag Team titles from Beer Money in early 2009, but it only held them for three days. Yes. Um, before losing them again to Beer Money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Xavier Woods was released from his TNA contract uh, 
late March 2010, mm-hmm. and then about four months later signed a developmental deal with WWE. Yeah. Um, and then uh, three years ago, two years ago, three years ago, formed the New Day. Mm-hmm. Has it yeah. been that long? It's been a little while. Wow. Yeah. Two or three years ago. Well, 450 days of those were That's true. tag team champions. That's yeah, true. Probably a year before that. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. Um, and uh, they are, the New Day, the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history. And right now they're revolutionizing the tag team division on SmackDown, bringing it back to prominence at the expense of Ty Dillinger and Mojo Raleigh. I'm just joking. They yeah. Totally deserve to be like oh, the yes. top, top thing there. You know, they are, they are week in and week out probably the most entertaining uh, people on WWE television. Yeah, no, absolutely. They are great. They're the best act. And oh. Xavier Woods has uh, also is the host of a very popular and very successful YouTube channel. Up, up, down, down. Yes. Number one. One. CM Punk. Uh, yeah, so, wow. CM Punk was in TNA yeah. for a brief spell. He was actually part of Raven's faction, The Gathering. Yes. Um, he uh, started wrestling in TNA probably around September 2002. And stuck around till the early 2004, and it was all part of kind of a uh, talent sharing arrangement with Ring of Honor, right? Because um, the uh, Punk was kind of in the the early stages of his career in Ring of Honor, and also mm-hmm. was wrestling in TNA for a bit. Um, he uh, he was feuding with Raven in Ring of Honor, yeah. Yet was part of his faction mm-hmm. in TNA. Um, Punk formed a tag team with Julio De Niro. Julio De Niro. Um, both of them were a part of Raven's faction, The Gathering. Yeah. Um, they eventually split from Raven, um, turned heel on him, mm-hmm. um, but then were held off TV um, because, this is according to a, an interview Punk did with ChicagoWrestling.com, they said, me, this quote, they said, me and Julio didn't go over his heels and they put us on ice for a little bit. They had CM Punk. I know. Um, and then uh, around this time, uh, Punk got into a fight um, with Teddy Hart. Because mm-hmm. apparently Teddy Hart did some uh, unplanned spots during a Ring of Honor match. Oh. Um, and so there's rumors going around that Punk was fired from TNA because of this fight. Yeah. Punk says, not true. Right. Um, uh, some point in 2004, uh, TNA ended their relationship with Ring of Honor following the uh, the Rob Feinstein controversy. Yeah. Um, and then Punk. So all the all the talent that was under contract, I believe, with TNA were, were not allowed to wrestle for Ring of Honor anymore. Okay. And so I think, you know, it seemed like a lot of talent had to make a decision where they were going mm-hmm. to go. Punk decided he wanted to go back to Ring of Honor, quit TNA. Yeah. And he went to Ring of Honor became... Oh, huge, yeah. Yeah, one of their one, their top stars. Have you seen the... Following, the that summer was the summer of Punk. Have you seen the 2005... Samoa Joe, uh, CM Punk matches with Melzer no. Five Stars. I want to. We got We should check that out. Yeah, we should get some beers and check that out. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, after this summer of Punk in Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. signed to WWE, um, went through developmental a bit, went to ECW, mm-hmm. came to the main roster, and you know he had the 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 longest title reign of I guess the modern era. modern era yeah. over 400 days. Yeah, yeah. CM Punk was in TNA. TNA did not keep him. I know. He couldn't get over his heel. This is CM Punk. This dude is like the best heel of all time. Not of all time, but of the modern era for sure. Yeah. He's on the Mount Rushmore of great heels. Yes. And TNA said he didn't go over his heel. So they put him on ice. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
But uh, so yeah, uh, ten ten names that TNA had. They, they had, I mean, look, you know, honestly, you know, Tyler Black comes through. He's a guy you don't know. He's gonna do especially when it seems like he's just starting out in the he's industry. Literally a year into it. So they're when we say that, we're being tongue in cheek. Yes, they're bringing him in as enhancement <laughs> talent, right? For a, a established tag team. Exactly. It'd be odd if they did, if they actually were able to keep everybody yes. that ended up being something. But then you know something like the Young Bucks. Tell me they couldn't see something in the Young Bucks back then. You know what I mean? Like I know that's odd. While though. they were not at the time the Young Bucks we know now. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they were still really good in the ring. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, so use that. You can't Build tell upon me, that. You can't tell me they didn't know that Xavier Woods had promo chops better than anybody else. You can't tell me they didn't know that. I know. I mean, Dean Ambrose, yeah, okay. He came in for a tryout match. I, I don't know what else they wanted to see. You know, he was... He was even now, he looks like a his body is kind of indie worker body anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of get that. Marty Skrull, I don't know any, I don't know anybody who'd take Rockstar Spud over Marty Skrull. But you have to remember that the Marty Skrull that competed in British boot camp was that not a villain. That is true. They called him Party Marty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, again, that was a stop in the experience of Marty Skrull. Yeah. Picked up that experience and went on and formed the villain years later. Yeah. Um, but you have, you know, people like Roderick Strong, who mm-hmm. had you know, already been a ring of honor for right. a number of years. Right. And even Joey Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah, Joey like, Ryan was as late as... I mean, 2012, man. Who's not picking up Joey Ryan in 2012? I know. You know? I mean, he founded PWG or co-founded mm-hmm. PWG in 2003. Yeah. Even it's like, hey, you know what? You've got connections with all these like great wrestlers. I don't know. I've never understood. I know Impact has always wanted to be like con- competition in WWE, but it's never going to happen. So it's like, just what are you doing? Like, you know, just do your own thing. Do your own thing. Like Ring of Honor isn't... Isn't trying to be right, exactly. competition. They're just exactly. trying to establish their own fan base. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why Impact or TNA never really took that approach, or at least in the early days. Yeah. Because they had a lot of really young talent. Yep. They, that was really good. They could have really built upon. Well, you know, you had guys there like Kevin Nash and and uh, Sting. We needed to get over. You know. I don't know. You know what? You look at you look at NXT and TNA or NXT and WWE now. Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe. Austin Aries, you got all these great names. DJ Perkins, who were there, made a name for themselves, came over here, and now we love him. And, I mean, you know, even doing some research on this TNA stuff, like, some of it seemed cool. Like, when Austin Aries unmasked, as when he was suicide, he yeah. unmasked. That was pretty cool. Austin yeah. Aries was rad in TNA, you yeah. know? So, you know, they've done, they have done plenty of good things yeah. um, with what they had. I mean, Bully Ray's world title run was, you know, every time I've seen something from it, wow, it's really cool. Yeah. He was a beast. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we like to poke fun at TNA. And, you know, we did a list not that long ago about wrestlers who were better off with WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and It's exactly. not like WWE has a perfect record with developing talent. Far from. And pushing them to the best of their Far abilities, you know. Yeah. So Yeah, absolutely. I think it's part of the nature of the industry is sometimes you, 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 you harness the talent you have under contract and develop them and push them right mm-hmm. and build stars, and sometimes you don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyways, that's it. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find 
people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.